Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everybody? It's your boy Thunder Chats here coming to you with our presenting sponsor once again, betonline.ag. It is your number one source for all of your basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines, including the latest player reports for this year's pro basketball playoffs. BetOnline is your always your sports information headquarters this season as we have you covered for all your sports wagering needs. Basketball, MLB, NHL hockey, right to UFC and boxing. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games you can play right from your home. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use our promo code BLEAV, that is capital letters BLEAV, believe, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Top of Thunder podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Huntzinger, at Thunder Chats. We are part of the Believe Network, and this podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. Now that that is out of the way, guys, we are, I think we're past chest deep at this point. I would say, I would firmly say we are shoulder deep in draft coverage. We are within two weeks away. By the time you're listening to this, we will be, I believe, 12 days from the NBA draft. So the last podcast, we had Yosef and Focus of Thunder Twitter to represent more of a fan point of view. We're going to continue uh, that path, going on to more fan point of view of the draft with uh, some really awesome guys that we've had on a few times before. But, you know, I got to introduce these guys. I don't have anything like super intricate, but I got a few things to say. So first of all, we've got <clears throat> in the same time zone that we are currently in, uh, we've got the man that is uh, living up north. He recently graduated, so shout out to him. Uh, he apparently likes to taste the rainbow. So uh, without further ado, welcome Yanni. Thank you so much, Mr. Chats. Always a pleasure to be here. Excited to get started. Absolutely, man. Well, hey, let's let's get to your other co-host. So we've got <laughs> we've got another man that's across the pond. Uh, he is a member of the OKC UK podcasting team. Uh, Dinna Fash, if you didn't can what that is, because it's a great podcast and you should listen to it. But without further ado, we got to welcome our resident Thunder Scott, Matt, a.k.a. at Shea Media. What up, Matt? Nothing. These are bars, I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> Dinner fashion, dinner can, man. Like, I swear, if you ever dinner can, oh my god, uh, yeah. I mean, if if ever I have to, like, I was trying to think of other Scottish things to say. The only thing I know how to say is baby and call it a bairn. So, uh, if that ever comes up, I will, I will take that. A wane, that's another term you can call a baby a wane, a wane, okay. Well, a wane, like a wane, like Batman, wane, oh, oh a wing, wane. W Wayne. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got you now. I got you now. Okay. All right. And last but not least, we've got joining us from Germany, the man that has Colby Jones ranked higher than Victor Wimbanyama, Alex. What is up, Alex? 
Ja, danke, dass ich hier sein darf, Darren. Danke, danke. <lacht> I'm just kidding. He doesn't have Kobe Jones above Wembenyama, but if he could, he probably would. But, fellas, uh, you know, you guys, I, I forgot to mention, you know, in all of your intro, you guys are members of the OK3 uh, Thunder Twitter Spaces. Um, Talk a, talk a little bit about the spaces because like y'all were like super active last year. I think like there's less activity. Are you guys going to start bringing that back more towards draft time, more in the off season? What, what, what's your plan there? Um, well, let's see. Um, we're currently uh, talking more in private uh, from time to time, uh, mm -hmm. uh, like a few times a month um, currently. Um, but I think uh, once the next season starts, uh, our consistency is uh, definitely uh, coming back and mm -hmm. doing again uh, the live spaces. Uh, it, it's just so that uh, we've been very busy yeah. uh, over the last few months. Like uh, I graduated uh, from a school and started a new work. Congratulations then... to you too. I apologize. <laughs> no, it's it's fine. I mean, it's also like uh, six months ago. So yeah, uh, and then uh, I, I mean uh same goes for Jan like he was super busy too also started an, an internship if you're allowed to say that um yeah yeah um uh, basically the internship is in the basketball space it's a company called uh BTL hoops and they're more catered to like you know private subscription based uh type services with basketball scouting but we do have a lot of public content so be sure to check out BTL hoops's YouTube page but yeah that that's Part of the reason why Matt can touch on why we haven't had more spaces. Yeah, he's he's just out here plugging. Nah, it's good. I think what's been nice is like we've never really like in recent it's never been like for like sharing stuff. Like we're actually like good mates. Like we actually just just want all groups and mm -hmm. like we're jumps. Like it's that's kind of something you want to build up, especially if you want to put content out. Like, but yeah, we're all busy. Like I do stuff with my club. I do basketball stuff here in Scotland. And I've also got my uni, I've got work, I've got, but, but life finds its ways. We're all bigging each other up. Yeah, no, absolutely. I understand that, man. I mean, things, things happen. People stay busy. I'm, Lord knows I wanted to podcast more than I did this past year, but as in the hospital, I, we've, we've all had a bunch of crap going on. So, I mean, I, I completely understand. I just want to say, you know, I miss, you know, driving home from work and seeing OK3 spaces in my DMs. And I'm like, OK, yeah, let me let me slide in here right quick and, you know, talk a little bit of Thunder basketball with my with my uh, international Thunder fam. But it's all good. I look forward for it to coming back. So, guys, uh, sorry to put your feet to the fire there. Didn't mean to put you on the spot. Just just wanted to ask like, out of curiosity. And I forgot to ask before we started recording. So. No, that's that's more than fair. Uh, definitely something we actually need to be in conversation with. Also, just reminded on the international theme, who won the uh, Family Fortunes? Um, oh, Family Feud is that? Yeah, oh, sorry, yeah. Family Feud. Sorry. Um, well, hey, I'm impartial. Did. Okay, I was the host, so you know, congratulations. <laughs> that was wild. That was one of the wilder games. Was, yeah, it was like a massive comeback. Like I've never seen Alex be happier in his life. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was amazing. I I, I think. I literally think like the first four games, um, the opposing team was down going mm -hmm. into the final round where it's like triple points, and then they won on the final question. <laughs> and it's hard it's hard to get people for Top of Thunder to play because they just keep losing. They're like, no, I don't want to play and lose again. <laughs> but all right, guys, enough about Family Feud, enough about spaces, enough about 
um, our struggles, guys. Let's talk about something fun. Let's talk about something that is coming up in the next few days, something that's near and dear to our hearts, the NBA draft. And before we get like into the outline, I, I didn't mention this on the outline, but this is something that I've been asking, you know, kind of everybody, you know, before we start recording. And it's funny, usually I ask them this and I don't know their answer. I, I literally know the answer for all three of you. So I'm going to go ahead and ask you guys, does it have to be the first round? Does it have to be in the lottery? Uh, just in a vacuum, who is your favorite prospect in this draft outside of women, Yamasku and Brandon Miller, because you know, they're kind of in a tier on their own. And uh, let's start with, uh, let's start with Matt this time. Hashtag cam fam ran it up. Uh, nah, it's just <laughs> like probably like last summer, like watching some of the U19 stuff. Yeah. And like, I was just like, this guy is like different, like different kind of prospect. I've seen this is obviously uh, Cameron Whitmore. Um, I can't, I mean, I, it's really funny because it's gonna say his guy, and I'm I've just been like the biggest hater of all time, <laughs> but I've actually come around now. It's kind of funny, but yeah, Cam Whitmore is my guy, and Keegan Murray was my guy last year, and God knows he's done well, absolutely. All right, and Yanni, I mean, he, I mean, he. He kind of laid it out for you, man. Who's who's your favorite prospect in this draft? Um, my guy is none other than Leonard Miller. You know, fellow Canadian, so it's a little corny. But the reason <laughs> why I love Leonard Miller stems from why I hated him so much just as a prospect last year. So it's a real um, enemies to leverage trope. I don't know if you want me to get into my whole spiel for him now or in a bit, uh, Mr. Jackson. Uh, you. Yeah, it's fine. We, we can get into it here in a little bit. I. Yeah, you know, so so far I'm 100 percent on my predictions. So let's see if we can if we can round it up here with Alex. Alex, who's your favorite prospect in this draft? I mean, in this year's draft, it's uh, definitely Kobe Jones. Yeah, like uh, he, he's that guy that can do everything, has a great personality, and I think he would also fit very well with what OKC is building. So yeah, okay. there's that. Yeah, I, I appreciate you guys, you know, like, even though this is your favorite prospects, you're, like, holding back because, you know, we all know you're going to talk about them here in a little bit, and that's where we can go in depth. So, all right, let's get into the next part. So, fellas, right off the top, we have pick 12 in the lottery. We didn't have the same lottery luck that we had last year. So, uh, asking our guests to kind of have, like, two two to three prospects in 12. Now, I, I said two to three because I, I copy-pasted from the last pod, but there's six of or, I mean, there's three of you, so let's just try to g- go for like two each in the 12 range. So, start with Matt there. I think Alex spoke first when I talk about spaces. So, let's start with Yanni. Yanni, start us off, man. Who's one of your favorite prospects if we were to stay at 12? All right. Thanks for giving me the runway. Now I can finally go into my spiel about Leonard <laughs> Miller. Um, <laughs> So I was thinking of where to start with this. And I think where to start is the start of the season where they played Mets 92, like their first two games. Mm-hmm. And what stood out to me, because I, I scout Canadian players primarily. So my eye was a little bit more on Leonard Miller than the whole Scoot Wemby uh, matchup. And Leonard Miller, he had like nice flashes in that game. And he was like top of the key playmaker, which shows like the team trusted him and stuff. But he didn't really impress me. He took a bunch of bad shots. He's getting blocked at the rim repeatedly by Wemby, just getting embarrassed. He got dunked on by Wemby, as Matt likes to send me that gif of Wemby dunking <laughs> on him often. And he just, uh, like, he fouled out, too. Like, he, there was a lot he could improve on, even though statistically he looked like he had a solid game. And then in the second game, he comes out and has 19 points, 7 offensive rebounds, 13 rebounds total, a couple assists, 4 steals, 
and was the primary matchup on Wemby. So now Wemby still got his buckets and stuff, but Leonard showed that, um, you know, mental toughness to bounce back after a tough game. And that kind of basically was his season. Like he had a lot of low highlights. When I watched him live in person, I saw firsthand Coach Hart screaming at Leonard Miller because he missed a rotation and him just messing up. Leonard walking to the bench, coaches just at his face and all that stuff. And yet he still bounces back and averaged 17, 10, and like two, I think, and a couple of stocks per game for the season. And that just that kind of growth with that frame and the willingness to take on a role and then make the most out of it really stood out to me. And when you look at the Thunder's uh, historical picks, you know, with Darius Baisley, Alexei Pokshevsky, Usman Jang, they kind of like these bigger guys that can play within a role, but can also, uh, you know, just have potential to do more on ball. And Leonard comes at a much bigger frame and with much more real production than those guys. So that's the main reason why I really like him. My guy practices in the mirror. It's like a Shakespearean <laughs> monologue. He didn't say um one time. Um, no, I, I'll go ahead and add to this because like at one point I drank the Miller Kool-Aid. I had him at 13 on my board and I felt disgusting because I I um what, what's the word I'm looking for? I made fun of Alex every chance I could get. Not not you, Alex, the other Alex, Alex Roy, um, because, you know, he'd been hyping up Leonard Miller since the draft last year. And anytime we brought him up, I would just be like, oh, yeah, that's, that's your guy. You know, you can have him, like all this stuff. And then I end up, you know, our first big board show, I have him ranked higher than Alex does. And I'm like, okay, what what just happened? And, you know, I, I will say, you know, when we had some draft guests on, um, I don't know if you guys got a chance to listen. We had Corey and Albert on of Draft Deck, and they completely eviscerated any any likelihood that Winter Miller could be uh, even a good basketball player is how Albert put it. But then we had Nathan Grubel and Maxwell Baumbach on a couple episodes ago, and they were much more complimentary and, and much more believing that he could be a good basketball player. But I will say like the thought process of why I put him where I put him at is a, a lot of what you were saying, Yannick, you know, last year he went to the combine and he, you could just tell he wasn't ready. The game was too fast. Uh, he was out of place. Like he didn't look like he belonged. And, you know, there's a lot of guys that you could go to the combine early and that happened and that could really affect your psyche. Like that, you could really let that get to you. But Leonard Miller saw what he needed to work on. He went and worked on it. And now he's looking to be a first round pick in the NBA draft. Uh, will it be the Thunder? I don't know. Uh, will it be at 12? God, I hope not. Um, but, you know, if uh, if we were to, you know, trade back into like the first round late and grab him after we grab, you know, somebody that I, I like a little bit more at 12, I wouldn't be mad about it, but um, yeah, I mean, like you said, like the the work ethic is something that really stands out for me, for Leonard Miller at least. But yeah, uh, let's go to let's go to Alex here. Alex, who's somebody at twelve? If we were to stay at twelve, who do you like there? Um, to be fair, um, at twelve is a very very unsure pick for me right now, mm -hmm. um, because. I feel like for me the draft caps up around eleven. Like there are eleven guys for me. Uh, so basically, if if one of them falls, I'd probably take them. Uh, for example, a case in Wallace, probably Grady Dick, um, Anthony Black would be nice. Uh, maybe Kobe Bufkin if he's there. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I could also see uh, basically Leonard Miller, Bilal Koulibaly there. Um, 
like like there are endless options obviously uh to the solution who you're going with um but personally like i might be the eyes on them than anyone currently uh but i mean kobe jones the 12 wouldn't be a bad pickup in my opinion like uh i, I think i've also seen like uh hunter harjo uh on twitter uh, talk about it but kobe jones is literally the perfect okc guy because uh w when you look at the current roster um you basically got your four guys like if you think that jay giddy jadab and chet are going to be your four guys uh and with the way uh the nba cba is going to work um it's going to be very tough to even hold those four players so why the hell would you bring in another guy uh, that yeah, would uh, take up so much more cap space or that you probably have to trade away in three or four years? Um, and, and that's where Kobe Jones comes in because uh, he's a player uh, for me uh, that stood out um, very late. Uh, wasn't really that much in him uh, when, when I started at first probably came first at march of him uh started looking him up and i was like whoa wait a minute uh this guy basically makes no mistakes like offensively he's been very fluid to me he can play on and off ball uh has one of is one of the most underrated playmakers in this year's draft like basically he he never makes a bad pass and always makes the right play mm -hmm. for me he can use his body really well, offensively and defensively, uh, guarded up to uh, taller fours. And his frame got measured at six, four and a half and six, eight wingspan, which is quite all right, but not uh, really impressive of what you would probably call a defensive menace, uh, like a uh, Jalen Williams, for example, or someone mm -hmm. like Bila Bai, who's, um, I, I think he's at least estimated at 6'6 and 7'2 wingspan. Mm -hmm. So basically around the same as Jadup last year. And yeah, and then what also stood out to me um, was like uh, I, I started looking up a few of his interviews then. Um, obviously, uh, the uh, draft deck guys had one with him, like even two. Mm -hmm. um, and what really stood out to me was. Um, they talked about him, what he could improve on, and they, they were talking about his floater game. And, and he was like, oh, oh, I didn't even realize that, that I did that. Yeah, I'm definitely going uh, to look that up and try to fix that. Like, he was very accepting uh, the critique, which is not really normal uh, mm -hmm. for, for someone, he, he, even though, I mean, he was a junior uh, in college after this year, and he he really shown the maturity uh, over and over again. And basically what he talked about last year, uh, he, uh, he also talked about what he wanted to improve uh, for his junior year. And he really talked about his shooting. Uh, mm -hmm. Like he really wanted to become a better shooter. And he really just did that. Like he started to become more comfortable uh, with shooting catch and shoot threes uh, and went up from like... Uh, uh, don't let me lie, I think from 27% uh, to 37.5%, which is a massive jump. And 
then again uh, this year uh, he said he wanted again to work on uh, getting his body ready like more physical um, getting a tighter handle and also becoming a better on shot creator and with what he said last year I really uh, take his word for I, I really trust his word um, which is something I, I don't do with many guys mm-hmm. so for me I don't think he stopped with his development. I mean, he's already a very good floor player. Like he's already got a very high floor, but I think his ceiling might be a little bit underrated. Yeah, no, I, I will say, you know, we had obviously all the no ceilings guys on, but uh, Tower Rucker specifically is very high on Colby Jones. I think that he he said on his pod today he either had him ten or eleven. I can't remember. Uh, just curious, where, where do you have Colby Jones at on your board, Alex? Uh, currently, I have him at 15 uh, because, uh, I mean, there are so many more high upside guys. And I think mm-hmm. uh, someone's always going to take the upside. But for me, I must say I'm more of a guy uh, that likes to look at stats, probably mainly because I'm more of a data science guy uh, and came a little bit later into basketball. So I, it for me, it doesn't really have to be like the highest flashes but if you're like very productive it doesn't really matter to me uh if you're uh yeah junior or senior yeah like you'll be there in my opinion yeah no and you know he's he's a guy i like too like i've I've told you i have him kind of in that fringe lottery range like that like 15 to 20 spots I, i i didn't count anybody like past 14 just because like that takes way too much work. You know, they're just there somewhere. They're, they're in that little bubble area. But uh, I do like Colby Jones. I, I think that he would be fun for a Thunder. But much like Winter Miller, I feel like 12 would be too rich for my blood. But, you know, if we were to take him, I would be excited. Because like you said, he, he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He kind of kind of a lot like Kobe Bufkin gives you a little bit of everything. I feel like same for Colby Jones, but it's a different size, different position. Uh, really the, the swing skill is going to be a shooting because yeah, he did shoot better this year from a percentage, but it's still a small sample size. I think it was like uh 3.2 attempts per game, which isn't like two attempts a game, but it's not like four and a half attempts a game. Like, you know, it's right there in the middle. So I would like to see him like bump that volume up a little bit uh, without sacrificing this percentage, but definitely possibility. Um, all right, let's go to Matt. Matt, who is somebody at 12? If we were to stay there that you would want Thunder to grab. Sorry, can I just ask you a question? Uh, I would be insulted if you didn't. Where do you have Leonard Miller on your board? Oh, God. He's – oh, you asking Yanni or me? I'm asking Skit. Okay, yeah, go ahead. But I can ask um, you after. I have him at number seven. <laughs> Upside swing with real production. Mm-hmm. That's that's the hill I'm going to die on. I just, so I just wanted to get his hot take, like – out there yeah. that's crazy he asked you waited for you to answer then he laughed at you that's crazy no. <laughs> okay you guys can ah i'm sorry uh, so big credit to alice and skit like skit does this stuff for a living mm. and alice just like he just watches film he just that's what he does and as much as i can usually like make fun of alex for like having a big rant about some prospect you have no idea how much he didn't shut up about walker kessler and then walker <laughs> kessler ended up being a top three rookie candidate in the late first round. So he might go on for five minutes about Kobe Jones, but he actually might be fucking right. If <laughs> so anyway, but uh, to me, as I was saying, like these guys, they they know their draft stuff. 
Uh, I'm a bit later into. I've kind of more kind of had more time to get a little bit into it. I haven't said this to Skit and Alex, but I kind of agree with you with like Taylor Hendricks over Jairus Walker. Mm-hmm. I think like my man. I think to them's a bit rich, but they they've they've been on the Jairus train since like early like early draft year. They yeah. have like what they can do, but for me at twelve, like I'd love Kobe Bufkin. I like a guard that is like so creative with the basketball at the rim. It just screams Thunder Blair, like having slash ability. But as as much as we can predict who what's going to be there and if we're going to trade up, it's just like it's just not going to happen. I just honestly, Bressy's just going to whip some like rabbit out of the hat, and you just you may have never even heard. I, I you just can't predict a Thunder draft. But there's a couple guys that I'd be happy with, but some guys would be a bit of a reach. So I can't give you a name or whatnot. But oh, I'd yeah, be happy see, with you these see. guys. Yeah, you said Kobe Buffkin. I'm cool with that being a name. Yeah, you know, again, he's the kind of a guy that, you know, does a little bit of everything uh, at the guard position. Personally, if Case Mullis ranked higher than him, but, you know, it's cool. It's cool. Oh, I think I would as well. But, um, no, you've seen, like, the recent workout videos with him and Guard Whisperer, um, and Chet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And And Chet. No, 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 not Chet. It's not Chet. Did you not see the follow-up? They have Uh -uh. more pictures. Uh. I think even Stephen put it back out. Yeah, uh, no some other guy. Yeah, I know. Just fake news. I said. <laughs> what were you saying, Scott? No, I was gonna say it was like some some random like high school or college player. That, he was just chilling in the background, but it kind of looked like Chet, just his foot and the shoe. I, I thought it would be weird if Chet was just like hiding behind. <laughs> but you know, it, it's all good. All right. Um, yeah. So Kobe Kobe Bufkin. Is a guy that I like, you know, I like Kaysen more, but like, you know, they, they provide a little bit of the same thing. I just like, I think Kaysen's defense is better, but I think Kobe's offense is better, which, you know, as a Thunder fan, we're probably looking more for offense, but uh, that's neither here nor there. What's top trade up target? So, uh, Matt, you invoked the name of Taylor Hendricks. So, is that your guy that you would like to see the Thunder trade up for? Or do you have somebody uh, else? Absolutely. And even if it comes to case, I think we might even have to trade up if we really like Bilal, we might have to trade up for him. Um, because like it seems like he's had a lot of stock rise, and like this is what happens with guys that raise their stock, they push well into the lottery. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. But yeah, Taylor Hendricks would be the guy. Like, I think his dream fit would be like with the Indiana Pacers, just because I'd love that kind of front court with him and Miles Turner and Tyrese Halliburton. But I like that. Indiana just a fun team to watch. Um, but no, Taylor Hendricks would be a great like fourth man, like in our lineup. Like I think you guys have even talked about him and Chet in a in a front court. Just, mm-hmm. Like what are you doing? Like you you're not getting many shot attempts up. And so like I think you mentioned like his perimeter defense. Like there's room mm-hmm. to improve, but it's, there's ability there. Yeah, he's got legitimate juice perimeter defender. And I was going to push back against you. said, you know, his perfect fits the Pacers with, you know, Miles Turner and Tyrese Halliburton. Why can't his perfect fit be with the Thunder with Chet Holmgren and Shea and Giddy and Jalen Williams? Like, come on, man. I, I, th- I think there's a better fit there. Just saying. Because we have the 12th pick and they have the 7th. Well, hey, we've got a million picks to trade up to get him. But, yeah, no, I – as I've said many times, I love Taylor Hendricks. Uh, shout out to the Watchtower. I'm not going to hype him up anymore, but 
Uh, we'll, we'll get into the conversation if you guys want to talk Hendrix Jairus Walker here in a second. But uh, let, let's go to Alex here. Alex, who is the guy that you want to trade up for, and is it Jairus Walker? <laughs> I mean, there are basically three guys for me I'd trade up for. And basically, like, if, if we'd want to trade up this year, then we obviously do this uh, to make our starting five a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So I'd actually want to ask you right now, uh, who would have to re- be replaced out of the potential starting five of Shea, Dort, it's Dort. Jadup, Giddy? Uh, I'm like, going to let you finish, but no, it, it's Lou Dort. I mean, the, the other guys, like, you know, Lou Dort hasn't been, hasn't, like, Sam Vecini hasn't said Lou Dort could be a potential all-star on his podcast. And, like, Sam Vecini straight up said that, you know, in the future, OKC could have four all-stars on their team with those four guys. And I love Ludor. Like, I love what he provides for the team. Um, but, you know, if there's going to be a player that slides out of that starting lineup, I think it's going to be him. What about you, Alex? How, how do you feel about it? Yeah, I actually feel the same. But if you'd want to ask someone else, like, for example, Yanni, I think you'd give another different answer. No. Because when we talked in private, you, you said you didn't want you didn't want Lou out of the lineup when we talked. Oh, no. I, I think it was a Lou trade I didn't want because, like, I think a Lou off trade. the bench could be just as deadly, if not more deadly, than Lou as a starter. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. And, and that's also where I'd be coming from. Okay, so I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Yoni, <laughs> that I put you on the spot there. <laughs> You just see the look on his face, like what? Uh, I'm so evil, man. But yeah, no, seriously, like I think Lou Dort minutes are great. Lou Dort, especially in crunch time, has to be on the court. But to me, I don't think Lou Dort is going to be a 35 plus guy. So I don't really see him in the starting five currently. Like maybe give him borderline 30 minutes a game. Um, let him come off the bench and be productive in those minutes. Mm-hmm. And I think he could be absolutely deadly. I think more deadly than in, in the starting five. Um, and uh, that, that's also where I'd be going. So when you replace Lou Dort, uh, who are the main guys? Like for me, those are three players. Um, would be Jarvis Walker. It would be a Taylor Hendricks. And that's going uh, to make you... Uh, feel very appreciated, Dylan. Um, I have him currently at number five, Kaysen Wallace. Oh like, man, okay. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Like if like, if you like borderline wanted to improve, I think even Kaysen Wallace uh, would make the starting five better because I really believe in his defensive upside and uh, his offensive upside as a playmaker and shooter because mm-hmm. Blue Dart is. In my opinion, inferior uh, in both categories uh, than Lou Dort. So of, he would probably be a better offensive fit for the current starting lineup. But then again, uh, you would have to look into like the crunch time, um, uh, and then you'd probably have a lineup like Shay, Lou, Kaysen, Jade up, and Chat out, which probably would be very small. So you probably rather want to go. Uh, with a big body and I mean Matt already said it but I think I've been uh, since January I've been thinking about none other than Jarvis Walker at four mm-hmm. like she's my number four prospect uh, right behind uh, Wemby Scoot and 
Like who's the third guy? Brent Villa. Brand. Yeah, <laughs> Brent Villa. Brent Villa's third guy. Yes, yes. I'm sorry. It's uh, late for you guys. We, we will add that caveat. It's very late for the uh, across the ponders. Yeah, um, it, but, but it's it's fine. It's fine. Like it's it's only like 5 a.m. right now. <laughs> Sheesh. Um, I gotta ask you though. You know, you mentioned where Jairus was. You mentioned where Kaysom was. What, where do you have Hendricks on your board? Uh, I currently have Hendricks at seventh. Um, okay. I, I think I'm a little bit higher on Anthony Black right now because I b- I'd rather believe in uh, the star upside of an Anthony Black, but I don't really see him in OKC mm. unless he falls to like 12. Like if Anthony Black falls to 12, you probably take him or or you just uh, look for a trade partner and just get another uh, future first rounder, maybe even unprotected. Something like that. I, I I could definitely see that because, like, we already have lots of guys on the roster, and Percy um, already made an interesting trade today that could show us to a certain direction. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. Do we want to talk about that now? Because I think it actually fits in right well right, right here. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I don't have the stipulations for the trade pulled up. I, I just know basically we we gave away our worst pick next year are 37 this year and a future second and we got back a protected 29 pick from the nuggets i believe was the stipulations yes yeah, exactly. all right cool wow that was that was off the dome boys it was off the <laughs> dome so yeah i mean it on the surface it's a very confusing deal i mean you could look at a million different directions for why the thunder did it and how it's beneficial to them but uh yeah, I mean, you, you brought it up, man. Talk about it. I mean, yeah, my, sure. initial, my initial, sorry, I was the button. Uh, my initial uh, uh, sorry, just, you can start. You can start. It's all right. <laughs> it's all right. It was, it, I think it's just a roster crunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, do, you don't really need to, like, talent some 37th pick, respectfully. Uh, not in the stage of the rebuild. It's the 30th of the rebuild. Like, we had guys like GRE. Uh, Aaron Wiggins was a very late pick. But we had time to kind of, like, see if these guys were worth kind of keeping around and being a part of the team. Uh, I'm not sure we're really at that stage anymore, but the thing is, it's just a gamble trade, and you're betting on whatever protection we have, whether we get that pick. But don't hate it, don't love it. It's a business transaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will say, uh, Matt Tierney saw Presti at the airport earlier, and uh, we tried to get him to ask him what the protection on the Nuggets pick was, but he didn't buy it. So, bummer. He was oh, trying to get the inside scoop for the pod. Yeah, we tried to, we tried to, but it's all good. Uh, Alex, so what, what else? Uh, what what else do you have to say about the trade, man? Yeah, um, I'd actually say it's much less of a gamble than actually Presti uh, just trusting his team currently, mm-hmm. um, and and what they're trying to do. Um, and yeah, basically, what this trade told me indirectly is i think a trade-up is very likely actually because mm. when you look at it um the four picks uh, that will be available for okc next year if, if they all convey would be houston which is currently top four protected utah which is currently top 10 protected the clippers pick which is unprotected and okc's own pick and out of those four teams like personally that's like very very early way too early uh, a preseason hot take um but i think 
that OKC could be a top three team next season in the Western Conference. Um, yeah, basically. I like it. And, and that's that's where a trade-up might make sense for someone like Jarvis Walker uh, because he'd be, for one, a floor raiser, but also someone that, raise, that raises the ceiling of the team too because uh, of his incredibly uh, versatile defense. Um, and that basically means... Um, if the Thunder uh, are going to be the best team out of those four teams, which I think is going to happen, um, then it's very likely uh, that Denver is going to get the OKC pick, which in return means, okay, OKC has a direct um, a direct action to take on uh, to make this pick uh, at as least valuable as possible. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, they they could basically try to trade up now, um, get that last player, push all the way for the one seed in the West, uh, and let the Nuggets only get uh, the 30th uh, pick, which is yeah, which is probably not very satisfying for the Nuggets because I think they probably expect the Thunder to be around uh, the sixth seed next year. Um, so yeah. The, the, this kind of trade-up would make a lot of sense, especially uh, since it would also spark a little bit more competition, like basically just telling the team, okay, come on, guys, Uh, we don't want uh, to lose that much value uh, with our own pick, so get as high as possible. Yeah, I I will say it is interesting that OKC opted to include their own pick in that, um, like the worst of the picks, because, you know, it takes a lot for Sam Presti to usually trade is one of his own picks it's rarely been done in the history of the thunder if i'm not mistaken like less than five times maybe so it does show a real confidence that they think they will be legit next year absolutely yeah. i think the last pick that's was uh, the atlanta pick for dennis schroeder yeah that's how that's how i was thinking as well and we actually ended up getting that pick back <laughs> yeah and no we're owing them a second rounder i think in 24 right i trust you <laughs> I don't know it offhand, but I trust you. Uh, Yanni, let's, let's get back into trade-up targets. So we got Hendricks. We got we got somebody from Hendricks. We got somebody from Jarius. Also threw in Anthony Black. Or no, I don't think you said trade-up. I'm sorry. That was on your big board. I misspoke. I didn't mean to put words in your mouth. But Yanni, do you have anybody besides Hendricks or Jarius? Or do you want to kind of echo that sentiment for one of them? Uh, I'll quickly echo a sentiment for Jarius. Um, a lot of people like him because he's like, you know, big, physical, versatile defender who can handle the ball. Mm-hmm. But one area of his game that's really underrated is the shot creation upside in high school specifically. He did a little bit in Houston, but in high school, he was, you know, he was able to straight up just cook, you know. He'd get in the post, he'd have a nice little fadeaway. He had a lot of stuff in his bag that he'd get off his own handle. So there's, like, self-creation upside there. And then he chose to go to Houston because he wanted to be a winning player and, like, really play for something. That showed because they were the one seed. Um even though they didn't win the tournament, they still like you know had a really good season, and he was like a piece of the cog instead of going to a team where he would be the guy and kind of like inflate his stats and all that. So it's very telling about the person. Um, only flaw with him really is that he's not as physical as he can be on offense, but I think that's pretty correctable because he has that tendency to just go for floaters when he can just straight up big body people. Um, the trade-off candidate I'll talk about though is Bilal Koulibaly. Oh man, I'm. I think his stock is like getting really hot right now so uh you might have to trade up to get him um that's just a guess in my opinion just because like you know 
people won't have as much time to nitpick the flaws and everyone loves the idea of uh, you know a mystery man in the draft i think when i watch him play the player he reminds me most the most of is aaron wiggins which doesn't make him sound like he has high upside but just strictly the way he cuts is so aaron wiggins as mm-hmm. where you forget aaron wiggins is on the court and then boom He's like in the paint, catches it, easy dunk, easy layup, easy pass out, whatever it may be. Um, and, and yeah, that's what stands up with Kulubali. And he's also a freak athlete on top of that. Like there was one play specifically where um, an opposing player was getting ready to grab a rebound. And Kulubali jumped straight up, hands over the head of the guy and just grabbed it over him. Just like that's just raw athleticism there. Yeah. And then he has the ball handling and everything. Only thing I'm questionable about is the shot, but OKC has shown that they don't really care about that and they think they can develop that. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much my Koulibaly pitch. The last thing I'll say is I was doing a stats deep dive because, you know, I'm a basketball nerd, I guess. Um, and his stats are eerily similar to freshman Villanova and Mikel Bridges, who also played mm-hmm. in a really winning system and like was just a good role player there. So, you know, there's some synergies there. They have the same physicals, so... You know, Phoenix Mikel Bridges isn't out of the realm of possibility with him. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, what Lord knows I've talked about Balakul Bali a lot in this podcast, and I could go on and on and on about him. But the thing that like is, is like most impressive to me because uh, shout out Andrew Shalek, like, I'm down to dunk. He actually challenged the idea of drafting Kulabali about him uh, being a guy that the Thunder should go after, and. I just want to push against that notion because a lot of people kind of get stuck in what they're seeing out of Koulibaly right now. And what he's doing now is playing a role. Like he's playing a role, like, like you were saying with Jarius Walker, like he was being a piece in the machine to try to win games. And that's what he's doing now. But what people don't realize is, yeah, you know, he was dominating this younger division, but it was in a completely different role. Like he had the ball in his hands. He was creating and, you know, they want to bring up, like, the assist-to-turnover ratio in that league. It's like, you know, that you're playing with kids, like, in that league, basically. So, like, you know, uh, it's it's just, like, apples and oranges. You can't make comparisons on that. Like, the, the thing that, like, really impressed me most, and it's honestly kind of ironic that you bring up Mikael Bridges, is he's a guy that can get it done in different roles. He's a guy that's shown he can thrive off ball. He's a guy that shows that. He's going to lock in defensively no matter what. You know, no matter what position he's playing on offense, he's going to lock in defensively. But when it comes time, and we even saw this in his last game, whenever uh, Wimby went on the bench and they were looking for a bucket, who was running the pick and roll? Who was being the lead initiator? Who was they going to to, like, you know, initiate their offense? Block Lobali. Like, he's a guy that can fluctuate on and off ball and make an impact on both sides of that. And, um, you know, Nathan Grubel, draft deeper, made the point last time he was on the fact that they are letting this 18 year old kid who came in halfway through the season, like, exper- like literally experiment in the pick and roll in like the highest stakes of their league's playoffs is just like that's that's so telling and the confidence they have in his ability. So, yeah, I mean. Yeah, you know, we've talked about him. I'm right there with you on Kulabali. I don't know if you guys heard on the last podcast, but I have him seven on my board right now. So it's uh, the Kulabali love mm-hmm. is real. I am a Kula believer through and through. Yeah, see, seven's the magic number. That's where I have Leonard. That's where you have Bilal. It's either going to age horribly or amazingly. You know, time will tell. Yep. 
time will in detail. All right, well, let's let's move into uh, the late first round. So this is, uh, you know, we touched on a few guys that the Thunder might reach for at 12, but there's also a lot of players that are going to kind of slip through the cracks and fall in the late first round. So um, I'm going to go back to Matt because I feel like he hasn't got to talk in a while. Matt, is there anybody in the late first that you would like to see the Thunder try to trade back into in addition to pick 12? Uh Maybe not specifically for the Thunder, but like I think a Murray twin is a Murray brother. Like I knew you were I, gonna say that. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But like, yeah, the, the guy is nice. Like he's gonna be a good mm-hmm. production player in the NBA. Um, I don't think he'll be a Thunder. Um, late late first round. I know it's so much talk on Ryan Repair, but we don't need to touch that. I know, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not touching it. Don't worry. Move don't. on, move on. Um, but. There's not really anyone this year in the late first round. I'm like, oh, that's a guy. It's like someone that's like really sparked my interest. But I think once you get past, we kind of gone through this, past 20, like you could have Tristan Durasic or whoever, like in these like really weird spots out and no one could tell you you're wrong. So I'm, I'm not going to lie. Skate's more, really more the guy for here, but I know Pods has been so on. It's been mm-hmm. really talked about, um, and just watching some of his stuff, like he'd be a nice guy. I don't think someone said he's like, who would they take him at 12 on Twitter? And I'm just like, relax, yeah, I did. I, I saw that too, yeah. Hype just, like, <laughs> just sometimes just it's too unrealistic because it's, it's just a cycle every two days. It's this new prospect that's like rising at big boards. Uh, I recently watched the James Naji, um workout that came out and i'm now oh, the like, yeah that guy is huge mm. not, a thund- not a thunder guy again but that guy is huge he's like 18 19 um, but i've seen the jump shot i'm, I'm out <laughs> <laughs> yeah no he, he's built like a tank man you know just yeah you mentioned a few guys there and i just want to say like pods is a guy that would be awesome if you were able to bring in like one of those wing players with your 12th pick like you know, Bilal, Hendricks, Walker, Whitmore, something like that. And then you like double back up and like go get a guard to like, you know, be your sixth man off the bench. And like, if you're able to bring in like a guy that can legitimately slide in as like the fifth starter on your team, and then you bring in a guy that can be a flamethrower sniper off your bench, because I don't know if you guys saw on the No Singles Draft Guy when they put this energy shot charts up there, Pods was all red. Like, <laughs> Like there, there was very little other cover color. It was all red. Um, but yeah, he would be awesome to have. And Chris Murray would like, he's a good player and he's super productive. The only thing is like, he's, he's not half the shooter of what his brother is. And uh, I selfishly just want him to go to the Kings because, you know, vibes. So that's how I feel about that. But uh, let's, let's go to Yanni here. Yanni, man, uh, who do you have for somebody that you would like to see the, uh, um, the Thunder trade back in the first round again. Yeah, so I have a couple names here. Uh, a lot of these names, specifically for the late first, early second, are kind of influenced by what the Thunder have done. Because Noah Clowney and Trace Jackson Davis give me a lot of like JRE slash uh, J Will vibes, you know, just undersized big man, good passer, a little bit experienced, you know, done more than one year in college, um, like legit passing field, legit defense questionable shot so they fit the mold in that sense of what the thunder might want it's not necessarily what i would do um i'm more interested in guys like uh cd sissoko he has like great feel for the game 
big body. Like he's, I thought he was six eight, and he was actually like six five, six six, just because of how wide he is. Mm-hmm. And he's super physical. Like you just can't stop him if he's barreling to the paint. And on top of that, he has a plus feel with playmaking. Only issue with him is shooting. Like it's, he had a streak where he shot forty percent for like a month or something. But outside of that, it was pretty rough. So, um, that's something to consider. And then another name is um, Tristan Vucevic, just because mm-hmm. he feels like he, first of all, in Europe, he earned his minutes. He started off as a bench warmer in the season and then slowly got more and more into his role, kind of like Bilal, but obviously not in as good of a team um, or as winning of a team, I should say, because he was mm-hmm. playing in a better league. Um, and this isn't necessarily a comp, but he feels like a more actualized version of Poku, you know, like you won't get the crazy flashes, the crazy behind the back moves. But when you think of what Poku is good at, he consistent Vucevic consistently does that with a lot less of the wild turnovers and stuff because he's just such a smooth mover at his size. So that's someone I would look at. But again, that depends on how the Thunder feel on Poku. Yeah. So he's always a guy that I've thought I, I thought his game kind of reminded me of uh, Muscala, honestly. Um, you know, kind of like that stretch five uh, big guy down there. But it was interesting with the Poku thing. Um, yeah, City, like, I get it. Like, you know, the athleticism. Like, he, he's a perfect old-school Thunder player. Like, absolutely, like, to a T. Um, and I know uh, – shout-out to Evan, Evan McDaniel. I know he loves uh, CD Kosoko. Shout-out Oklahoma CD. Um, but, yeah, I I don't know, man. I, I, the shooting is, is killer for me because, you know, there's a lot of prospects in this draft that can't shoot, ironically enough, and – and everybody's like, well, we got Chip England. Well, you know, Chip England's one guy. He's working with Giddy right now. He's probably going to be working with whoever we pick at 12, unless it's like Taylor Hendricks or Grady Dick or somebody like that. But, um, you know, a lot of these guys have solid foundations in terms of their shot. Like, it doesn't look completely broken. Uh, CD Soko, from what I see, kind of looks complete, completely broken, if I could speak. So, um yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting. You know, like I said, this is trading back into the first round. We've already got 12. So this is like, this is kind of like a gravy pick at this point. So I, I wouldn't be mad about it. I'd be intrigued for sure. My, my only small pushback on CD is his playmaking feel makes me feel like he's a little bit new age thunder. But again, mm-hmm. the shot is really like, it, it's going to take a ways to go. Like, yeah, I, percentage wise, even like it was worse than Leonard's. And I think Leonard Miller has a better potential to be a real shooter. Yeah, you just had to say something else about Winter Miller, didn't you? I got you. All right, Alex, who, who you like in that late first round, man? Uh, that's uh, that's very tough to be honest because, um, like like I'm I'm not really a huge buyer into uh, like the the late uh, first round mm-hmm. because I think uh, late first round starting at around twenty four twenty five ish. Is for me the range where I'd say, okay, your guy could be taken there, but you could also pray and hope that you can get him in the second round and then you don't have to guarantee that contract. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, basically, I'm more looking into like the mid first and early 20s range. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there I'd, I'd have actually uh, some ideas. Like, I mean, if if Kobe Jones is still available at 16, yep. I'd probably straight up trade that uh, 24 Utah pick back and then take Kobe Jones at 16. Um, at 18, I think if Miami 
uh, still wants uh, some shooters. Like I think it, it might hurt, but um, maybe Isaiah Joe uh, for 18 might, might be something, but I think that that's probably still too rich. Maybe we get something else in return too, or maybe a package around someone like Lenny Waters and JRE might be enticing for them if you throw in a second round pick or which we might have another one this year mm-hmm. um but yeah like if, if we're talking like uh around the, the 23rd pick um which would be portland um i, I think if, if you throw in someone like uh i don't know maybe poku i i, I think you could get that pick and yeah, then I'd probably say, I mean, if he's still available, like it's still Kobe Jones, if he's some somehow available, I'd also take a Leonard Miller, which oh, obviously man. would be which would be very. I mean, I'd obviously take him. Like the value there would be too huge to pass up. Yeah. Obviously. Um, but I think another guy uh, that would be very interesting, though he's had a little bit of. Uh, has a little bit of an injury history right now. Uh, he's got injured twice already this season at the beginning mm. at Duke, of Duke and then uh, end of the season. Um, it would be Derek Whitehead, I think. Yeah. He He's very interesting because um, when you look at uh, like his high school film, like at Montverde, mm. um, he wasn't the guy to come in. Like He, he played more as a solid role player back then. And then by the end of his senior year, uh, he took over the reins, uh, became the number ranked guy uh, of the 2022 class. And yeah, that, that's what had him very high, uh, very early um, throughout uh, uh, the preseason uh, draft coverage, basically. Um, now, obviously, with his injuries, it comes the question, is he going to be athletic enough? Um, I, I think his... Uh, second surgery now was a foot uh, surgery if i'm not mistaken so uh I, i'm not really sure how well those go um but right now I, i'd probably say i'm a huge enough believer in this uh defensive frame which is like six seven with a six ten wingspan mm-hmm. um and also uh like yeah he's gotten blown by uh uh quite a few times at Duke. Um, but then again, uh, he's, I think, a guy that can be very adaptive. Like, he can come in, plug and play, and just be a catch-and-shoot guy, I think. Um, but if you want, if you wanted to, I think you could also give him the ball and he'd be able to create his own shot, which also is something uh, the Thunder might value. So, so I think he definitely makes a lot of sense. And then, I don't know, maybe another guy if he's available in that range i think i, w- I wouldn't be uh I, I still i would be very keen on taking on someone like jane hood Schifino. like if yep. he's there at 23 i'd absolutely take him um, i'd be shocked yeah i'd be very shocked like, yeah. i think currently i have him at 17 if i'm not mistaken um uh like he's the 17th best player so, so it yeah. doesn't really have to be the lakers but like uh i, I think he really could be uh, a heck of a player. Like he's got all the tools in the world. Um, he's shown like very imp- 
impressive offensive upside. Like he can create his own shot in the mid range if he wants to, which is like yeah, this superstar type of stuff uh, mm -hmm. you do. Um, uh, he he's obviously played a lot of pick and roll back in Indiana. Uh, probably, I think it's like one of the higher percentiles uh, in the whole college class. I, I don't really know the numbers right now, but I think like 25% of his plays were pick and rolls, which is quite insane. Um, and yeah, I mean, the, the only real question with him right now would be, um, is he able to make plays uh, from other positions? Is he able to play more off the ball in more off-ball role since his shot still isn't really there? Um, but yeah, overall, like even defensively, like he can be a non-ball guy uh, to put on. So yeah, like if he's there, twenty-three, uh, absolutely take him. Yeah, yeah, those are like you know those are three guys that are kind of in that fifteen twenty range for me with Colby Jones. Uh, at JHS, you know, he's a he's a guy that I, somebody I know Stanley's was saying like you know you see these guards every year go through like the uh, like hoop summit or, you know, playing like these games before the season. And they're like, man, he's so good, but he does all these things. I just wish he was bigger. And Hushkafino is that bigger guard. Like he's like six foot six, six foot seven. And he can do a little bit of everything. He just has kind of like consistency issues. But um, Derek Whitehead has been a guy that I have definitely highlighted as like, you know, if we were to trade back in the first round, this is the type of guy I like because, you know, he was like the a top five pick at the start of the year before he got hurt. Um, and the fact, you know, I said it before, but like the fact he was able to come back into the season after, you know, missing so many games after the, you know, the team was kind of on a roll, the rotation was set. He um, earned a spot in that rotation, earned minutes, went out there and shot 42% from three coming off of injury coming in the middle of the season. Like that's, that's impressive to me, like in spite of all of it. And, I've said that even if he becomes, even if like, I think his floor is AJ Griffin Jr. Because I think his shooting is going to translate to the league a hundred percent. If you get anything else, I mean, that's, that's a super value pick late in the draft. Uh, nobody said this guy. So I just want to bring him up. Maxwell Lewis, you know, another guy that is like super pure, pure score, super pure jump shot. Um, has a little bit of shade to him in terms of like getting to the lane with his strides and deceleration and finishing around the rim. And also with his frame, you know, being a six foot six, six foot seven guy with like a seven foot wingspan um, has potential to be a defensive pest. And, you know, again, this is uh, I, I, we had a, somebody come on our pod and say that they would take him at 12 for the Thunder. That was like their prediction. I'm not quite there, but, you know, if we were to trade back in late in the first round, I would be, thrilled about it because I think I think he's a good player. You guys got anything to say about Maxwell Lewis before we move on? Uh, very athletic. He's He could be a Jalen Williams in the sense that mid-major team kind of yeah. had to do it all. Although he didn't have as much winning as Jalen Williams, you know. Uh, shout out J-Dub. Uh, but he could be in that mold of player. I guess I'll just quickly mention that too. Alright. I like it. Alright, well let's get into the second round. So this isn't as fun because we don't have two second round picks to speak of. We don't have a high second round pick to speak of, but we do have pick 50 in the second round. And I would just go ahead and say, if we, if there's a guy in the top of the second round that's impressed he wants, he can go get him pretty easily. So we can still talk about it in that sense. So I'm going to ask you guys 
who are a couple of your favorite second round prospects? And uh, we'll start with Matt here. So I was really interested in Adam Bona. Um, yeah. Like the way that guy just runs the floor at his size, I just thought it would have been so like you can never underestimate how good a big that runs the floor can be. Like it just creates so many cross matches and like mismatches that basically put teams in dispositions, especially in like playoff basketball. Nice hustle guy. Um, but also EJ Liddell's coming back. I don't know why that's just bringing back to my mind. But he was, he's kind of someone that reminds me like in that way. But yeah, um, 50th pick. Do you go swing? Do you and like I know we can get the guy we want. Um, I know there's not a huge value of anything past 20. It's quite easy to trade in at that range. But um, I've heard some hype about Ben Shepard a lot yeah. recently. Um, I, think I mentioned that skate. He was like, yeah, that's fair enough. So, so, someone had Ben Shepard at 19, I saw recently. Yeah, like, that was Washerman. Uh, yeah. I, I will say that, you know, I've talked to a few people and they say Washerman's higher on Shepard than almost anybody. So take it with okay. a grain of salt. <laughs> okay. Just one of the like leading guys. He just happens to be. Yeah. Yeah. Oh dear. Um. Yeah. He'd be a guy that'd be nice, but I'm kind of I'm I'm back to trust the Presti. Like I'm very excited just for the team next year. Um. I don't. I'm sure this draft will like help, and it will be like predatory towards like our success next season. But like we have a a pretty good team, and I'm pretty excited for that. Yeah. I like it. All right, Alex, who do you have in the second round? Uh, Like, oh, uh, yeah, there are a lot of guys I like, but because I like them a lot, I doubt they'll be available to fifty. Like, I'm I'm very sad that we traded away thirty-seven. Like, if 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 we wanted to, like, I think at thirty-seven, a great pick would have been Kobe Brown because he's a versatile, big, physical wing, uh, which is kind of like what I think we need in this year's draft much more than a traditional big shout out Derek Lively. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, like um, I, I really like uh, Kobe Brown's game because I kind of think uh, that's something uh, Goody could have gotten into, like looking up at Kobe Brown and thinking, okay, he's that type of physical in the post. And maybe that's something uh, Giddy uh, could have worked uh, with him on uh in like training but but yeah like like i said like he's he's probably not going to last until pick 50 so mm-hmm. yeah uh, there's that um then again uh, other guys i'd like in the second round uh would have been ben shepherd obviously um like just gone around him uh you know uh, around the combine like obviously great a uh, three-point shooter and I feel like if, if we want to, we could probably take him in the first round. Uh, but but then again, like I, I kind of would feel bad for Trey Mann uh, because, I mean, it would be a direct competition for him and obviously would be a higher chance uh, to get lower minutes next year. Um, so uh, yeah. let's much, much rather look uh, more deep down. Um, I think someone like Keontae Johnson could be very productive and available at 50 uh, could be interesting. Maybe maybe someone like Jalen Slauson could be very, very interesting. Um, like he's he's great defensively, uh, but he really reminds me a little bit of Jerry Spaisley. 
uh, in the fact that he's got the he's got that drive and spin the, the same that Darius Basie does, and then doesn't have the ability to finish at the rim. Mm -hmm. uh, but he's got a little bit of uh, three point shooting, and he can at least uh, make plays out of um, the standstill. Life trouble is not there yet, um, but I think that could come around uh, with so many guys uh, that are great at playmaking. Like it, it wouldn't be far fetched to say like uh, uh, he could uh, uh, look up a thing or two from there. Uh, so that would yeah. obviously be another guy, and then. Uh, I'd, I'd probably go with Drew Timmy at 50. Uh, like, give me that ch chat connection. Uh, give, give me the rebounding. Still, in my opinion, rebounding is still a very much uh, appreciated necessity in OKC. And also part, part of it, why it would make sense uh, also to why OKC traded pick th uh, 37. Like, pick 37 is still very high, which probably means that you'd have to guarantee that contract and if you really like your roster with only one spot open you probably only want uh, one first round pick and then you don't really want to guarantee uh, the second round or next year but rather have that guy on a two-way contract and I think Drew Jimmy would probably fit that uh, This is just a massive fan of high-low actions that's what he wants <laughs> to see he just loves exactly. that free-throw entry pass Throw up, oh, man. <laughs> That's right. You got me. Yeah, there's there's some guys you mentioned that I like there. I know uh, Ryland's super big on Kobe Brown. I watched him give Kentucky buckets. Keontae Johnson, I'm I'm still not ready to forgive for what he did to Kentucky in the tournament, but you know he he does make some sense at 50 in terms of like positional wing. Um, Shepard, yeah. I mean, obviously the shooting is like huge, but like something that I, I didn't. I don't think I necessarily realized until I saw him play in the combine is how big he is. Like he's like, it's like a six foot six, six foot seven shooter just going out there. It's like add four inches to Isaiah Joe and you got Ben Shepard. Like that's, that, I mean, that, that would be a great uh, asset to add in the second round. Um, so yeah, I, I like that. I, not a biggest fan on Drew Timmy. Um, you know, the, the idea of adding one of Chet's teammates is fun. Maybe not that one, uh, but yeah, I, I get where your head's at. And at pick 50, you know, who cares? I mean, they're getting a two-way at that point. So, you know, if if that's what Preston wants to do, so be it. But, Yanni, round us out with the second round, man. Who who are some guys that you have that may not have been mentioned, or do you want to echo some sentiments? Um, I guess I'll just quickly say Drew Timmy, that's not someone I considered. But when Alex explained it, I could see that happening, and it would be like a real – sobering moment for Thunder fans being like, oh, we, we've been hyping up all these guys just for Drew Timmy, like, you know, boring college guy who's been there for five years. But mm -hmm. um, some of the names I was thinking of, and I listened to th this podcast like a decent amount. So I tried to pick names that haven't been mentioned before, just so fans have uh, someone new to look at. So That's one funny. is Omari Moore. He's a plus size mm -hmm. point guard, six foot six. Um, he kind of looks like Karis LeVert. Obviously, he probably won't be anywhere near as good as him, but He's someone who's just consistently gotten better in college and can be a real point guard, brings the plus size of the Thunder like, and is a little more veteran, so he's a little more NBA ready. Um, so I think that's worth the swing. Ricky Council gives a, a, the fourth, I guess, as his name ends with IV. Yeah. Gives a little bit of Lou Dort vibes, also from Arkansas. He has a nice mid-range jumper, but he's just a maniac attacking the rim, very physical and stuff. 
not great playmaking, so probably not a realistic option. Um, Olivier Maxence Prosper. I hope I said that right. He's oh, Montreal. Max. Oh, Max, yes. I don't think he drops to 50, but he has a Montreal con- connection. So shout out Lou Dort uh, and the Canadian <laughs> connection. <laughs> um, he's like a six foot seven, six foot eight power forward, very physical, can shoot, decent passing feel. And the last one, which is probably the most intriguing one to me, is Mohamed Gay. Gay? Gay? I'm not sure how to pronounce that. I but... think it's Gay. Um, that's yeah. how uh, Maxwell pronounced it. Yep. It's spelled G U E Y E. The thing that is really interesting to me is that he had a pretty productive college season. At first, it didn't really look all that great to me. Like, it was like 14 points, decent efficiency, 27% from three. But this guy's like 6'10", long arms, and just started playing basketball three and a half years ago at, a, at like, a organized level. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you bring that guy in, still relatively young, and develop his game, who knows what he can be, so... Those are a couple names for Thunder fans to like Google if any of those uh, intros sounded interesting. So. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, I, you know, Mo Gay is a guy that uh, Maxwell kind of brought up a couple of weeks ago. And he, he would be interested, you know, on, in terms of like the upside picks. Uh, those other names, I know Amari Moore had a really good combine. Um, Omax, obviously, was like one of the huge winners of the, of the combine. Um, who's, who's the second name you mentioned? Ricky Council. Ricky Council, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Corey Tolba of uh, Draft Act because I saw that. So by the time this podcast is out, they'll probably have it out on No Ceilings, but he's doing a film sesh with Ricky Council. So um, you'll be able to check that out. Um, yeah, Ricky Council is just a crazy, stupid athlete. Like he's, he's one of the craziest athletes, one of the, one of the best contact dunkers I saw in the class this year. So, yeah, he'd be a fun player as well. Uh, just got just got to throw this out here, Julian Strother. You know, I mentioned if we're going to bring in a Gonzaga teammate, uh, I don't want Drew Timmy. I have somebody else. How do you guys feel about Julian Strother? I've seen a lot of people have him late first. I've seen people have him late second or getting undrafted. How do you feel about it? Yeah, Strother. He's he's a really good person. So he would fit the people, not players thing. You know, hard worker, consistently gotten better. So that's what we like to see. And even play style wise, you know, six seven. Not the best defender, but he tries hard. So that's what you want to see as well. Um, has potential as a movement shooter. He's not quite like at an elite level, but he's at good enough level for college at least. Mm-hmm. And he's just someone who I think will figure it out in the NBA to have like a decent career. So if the Thunder got him, I'd definitely be happy. And then Gonzaga connection is just like the cherry on top. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. That's That's kind of like my... It was my sleeper 37 pick, but you know, now we don't have 37, so the, the dream might be dead. But all right, boys, let's move into our last topic before we get into our uh predictions and stuff. So, this is something that I didn't necessarily get to get to with Yosef and Focus, but we're gonna get into it now. So, uh, we talk about prospects we like, but every year there's prospects that maybe we don't like so much. Maybe it's the fit with the thunder. Maybe it's because, you know, we're just not seeing something on the tape that other people are seeing. So uh, I have a Mount Rushmore of prospects that I don't like. Uh, and I'm sure we'll get into that. If you guys don't mention them, I'll definitely, I'll freely share the people I don't like, but uh, but let's get into it. So let's, let's start with Alex here. Alex, who is a prospect that you do not like in this draft? Oh man, uh, I actually have. I'm in Thompson. Okay, no, I'm just. <laughs> I'm, uh, uh, to be fair, actually, um, 
Like Amen's uh, intangibles are nice, but I, I'm not really a buyer in the chart, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. When you're only six seven with a seven foot wingspan, uh, it, it's quite all right. But you're still a wing, and you're not going to be a Giannis uh, bowing your way through, in my opinion. Though obviously you might be the most athletic uh, person in the NBA next season. Uh, so I actually have him at ten right now, uh, which would be for the Mavericks. <laughs> nice. I really like this. Then that's that's great. Uh, yeah, but to me, like there, there are three guys I kind of despise, um, and oh, I love this. I, I really wouldn't, especially I wouldn't really touch on them in the first round. And two of them I, I, I wouldn't really even consider at all. Um, and yeah, let, let's start off easy. One obviously is Randall Pair for me. Yes. Um, I, 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 I get, I get that he is a defensive man. It's like his onboard pressure and his aggressiveness uh, on the court was something that really stood out to me uh, throughout the NBL playoffs. Like, and I didn't really know that he was that good of a defender. Um, and basically, uh, what he did was uh, when he was on the court, no team scored, and that's basically uh, the whole sporting edge <laughs> with him because he is no offensive basketball player like i remember that one sequence uh, he has been suffocating that one dude that came up dribbling the ball he straight up took it from him and then started to push in transition but uh, his handling looks very shaky he does he has no touch in transition which is very very scary to me because when you have no touch in transition um like if, if you miss your basic layups I don't really see uh, uh, how you're going to make it in the NBA, really. And yeah. I mean, yeah, I think he's shot it all right from three. Um, I think he made some basic passes uh, as a as a passer, as a playmaker, pick and roll ball handler overall. But like his offense is one of the rawest in the whole, yeah, yeah, basically the the whole NBA draft mm -hmm. right now. And I don't really know if we want to do, do it like that uh, and get a guy in the first round that's probably going to play like two years of G League basketball to become even remotely close to basketball NBA basketball player. Um, so it's probably a pass for me in the first round. In the second round, if he were to fall at 37, I would have taken him in. Um, but yeah. I mean, if he falls to 50, you might have to consider him, though. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Then I begrudgingly agree. Yeah. Then, then there's um, that one guy um, that I've seen some people have have him as high as five uh, before the combine, and that guy was Gigi Jackson. Oh. Uh, I, I, I'm yeah. I'm I'm not really a Gigi buyer, uh, to be honest. Like I get uh, his uh, offensive uh, shot creation promise looks very enticing and he's obviously also shown some flashes as a playmaker and defender uh, looked quite all right but i mean uh, yeah he's still very young and immature shown in his instagram live stream and the thing that i don't really like about his game right now is his his tunnel vision from time to time. Like I, I get he, he wanted he wanted to be the guy in South Carolina. That's why he chose to go there. Um, but then 
uh, once again, uh, from another perspective, his, his teammates weren't great, um, but I think he could have really worked more on his uh, playmaking that year. Um, because for me right now, he's more or less a guy that uh, just chucks up shots whenever he wants. Uh, like he's the guy, he, he does what he wants at South Carolina. And actually, I think I probably would have liked if he went back uh, to South Carolina, yeah. maybe even entered the transfer portal mm -hmm. uh, and went to another school to play in a more uh, reliable system uh, where he can come off as uh, a rotation player or, or like a fringe starter, something like that. Uh, <laughs> like it's, it's also not really my touch and I probably wouldn't even touch him at all. To be honest, because it's not yeah. really what under our building. Like it's more based on playmaking, on sharing the ball and driving, kicking it out, than yeah, what Gigi Jackson did in college. Um, though, though I give him, he's a tough shot maker. Like if he makes them, um, yeah. And then, and then the last guy, I basically hate. Okay, not hate the most, but but. But I don't. I really, really, really don't like him because he's always getting mocked at twelve to OKC right now, and he's so overrated to me. And that guy is Derek Lively. Oh like, God. come on, what are we even doing? Derek Lively wasn't even the best player at Duke for me that season. That player was Kyle Filipowski, and he went back because he thought he wasn't good enough and wanted to start a legacy. Like, okay, not maybe not. Maybe he thought he was good enough, but he really. Uh, wanted to stay another season at Duke. If and... you're wondering why Alex wasn't a Colby Jones fan from the start, it was because of Kyle Filipowski. <laughs> exactly. That's that's the reason he was he was raving about Kyle since like summer last year, and then mm. he's moved on. Yeah, yeah. that's why he's I actually yeah, not, he's not an OG exactly. Kobe Jones fan. Uh, I'm not OG. Him. Like OGs uh, are probably guys like yeah, uh, Stephen or. Uh, Tyler, Tyler obviously is is a huge Kobe Jones fan, mm -hmm. obviously. But yeah, mm -hmm. uh, back a bit before uh, Flip uh, took his name out of the draft, I was very high on him, and I thought like at eighteen he would be available, which again would have been uh, someone we could have traded for. Um, and yeah, like basically uh, the the whole uh promise with Derek Lively right now is um he's more of a, I, an idea than he's actually a basketball player I get he is a very very uh reasonable uh, rim protector and that could be very interesting but in my opinion he's just also not there offensively like um he, he didn't really even show up in at all uh on uh, basketball college basketball reference uh uh, in the offensive uh, rankings at all. Like defensively, he obviously dominated, but you know who, who's also been there with him, like toe-to-toe -to -toe from the same team, Kyle Filipowski, <laughs> the, the other front court teammate. Like I actually got some numbers here. Uh, so basically, uh, Kyle Filipowski has been second in defensive reaching in the ACC uh, with 91.7. Derek Lively was 1.6% uh, uh, points better at 91.1, obviously making him the number one uh, a defensive rated uh, prospect in the ACC. Defensive winters, then again, Kyle Filipowski was first with 2.5 in the ACC. Lively at uh, 1.7, which makes it seventh. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, that, then obviously like total rebound percentage, uh, one of the aspects I really would have liked uh, OKC to take on Kapitowski this year because I'm a huge believer in his rebounding. Uh, he was fourth in the ACC at 17.8%, uh, much better defensively by like 7%. Uh, Derek Lively was seventh, uh, which ranks him uh, at seventh in the ACC at 2.5% better. Then player efficiency rating, Garfield Pelski was eighth, Lively was tenth, and Bucks plus minus. Uh, Lively uh, was first. Uh, obviously, like he led all the way in the ACC, and uh, Phil Pelski was seventh, but uh, still with a solid seven point five uh, plus rating in the ACC. So he really has been neck and neck next to him, uh, and <laughs> yeah, that, that's uh, why I'm ranting a little bit about Lively because I I, I think. Calvin Kowski really would have been the better prospect in this year. And if we wipe Lively up at 12, I think you'd have to take into consideration to uh, pick up Calvin Kowski in the top eight, if we're being honest. Like, if, if we do like that. So, so what I'm hearing is Alex wants us to keep all our picks next year so we could trade up for Calvin Kowski. Yeah. Absolutely. You want to hear an absolute hot take? Calvin Kowski is going to be a top five pick next year. Maybe even top three. Because I mean, as weak I, as the draft class is, it's not out of their own possibility. Absolutely. So yeah, because uh, when you look at uh, Duke's uh, draft class this year, um, a, a recruiting class this year, as that's what it's called. Sorry, um, they didn't take on another big man. Basically, that means Kyle Filipowski is going to be the big man next year, and he was second in blocks after only behind Derek Lafley, and he's been second in steals. Like yeah. his defensive game overall was very underestimated uh, throughout the season, and I think Calvin Pelski next year could might become a rim protector uh, for Duke. Like if, if he adds up to that and then uh, refines his offensive game, especially his shooting and playmaking, I don't see why you shouldn't go uh, at least in the lottery. Obviously, mm. if, yeah. If just real quick, if he's in lottery discussion next year, Kyle Filipowski, you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. uh, you'll, you'll hear it. A, you'll, you'll hear it a few other times from him too. I'm sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm talking about Derek Lively. Um, so I mean, Repair and Gigi Jackson, like you know, I mentioned after Mount Rushmore of hate, like they're on there, like they are staples. Uh, I'm not quite there with Derek Lively, but I will say that, like you know. I had Nathan and Maxwell draft deeper on here and they tried to convince me of him at 12 when, you know, I, I understand like, you know, general consensus is thought process behind it, but like I'm still not behind it because right now, like what I see when I see Derek Lively is I see Willie Colley with the potential of a jump shot and I love Willie Colley You know, I'm a big UK guy, um, but he's not a guy that I would pick at 12. Um, I, I think he actually went lottery um, in his draft, but, the NBA was very different back then. And um, I, I, I just feel like, you know, especially, you know, with how everything Presley has done and hasn't done, they want to see Chet at the five. And, you know, if that's the case, like, I, I think there's credence in bringing in a backup guard, a guy that you think could be a six man in the lottery, you know, if all the wings are gone. But I don't think you need to draft a backup big at 12. So that, that's kind of my spill in my fleet. But, all right, so guys, um, he took up three guys, uh, subject of hate. Now, there's not a lot of hate left to go around, or is there? Matt, do you have somebody that you, you're not feeling in this draft? 
Uh, hashtag Leonard Miller starts with an L for a reason. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I think we need to get into the hashtags because that's that's been a good one. That's a good fun uh, part of the Twitter. I think consensus between our group, we've just not been high on the Doms and Twins. Um, we've not really had them. I don't have them either of them in the top five. Um, like I, it's just the competition level that really like scares me. Obviously, people will talk about the jump shot one up, but it's like you're twenty going against high schoolers. I don't know how I can trust that. Like American high schools are very, very talented. I just don't know how I can trust it when every time you do an acrobatic dunk, flare guns and steam machines go off, and I'm just like, <laughs> this is not basketball. But um, them and then Nick Smith was obviously a guy that was very yes high like pre-draft, but I, I never I never really understood it. It's just this like skinny, shifty guy. Some of the off-ball movements really nice, but like there's just not really much there. Like He's mid-range, awesome. not rushing more. yeah, definitely had him. Um, but to be honest, I said like I'm more of a love than a hate guy, you know? Yeah. So. No, I feel that. Yeah, I, I genuinely like. I, I love this class. Like, I think it's very deep. I think there's value at all stages of the yep. draft. But like, you know, there are prospects that I just I, I want the Thunder to have nothing to do with. And we've touched on three of them. I will say with the Thompsons, you know, I don't have them top five either. Like, you know, my big board goes like Wimby, Scoot, uh, Brandon Miller, Taylor Hendricks, Jarius, Cam, and then Bilal, and then I have Azor over on in. And then I think I have case and then I'm in. And that's just that that's my feeling because I, I don't trust Thomas jump shot. I think it is shattered. Um, and I think that his success is gonna depend a lot on the situation he's drafted to. Azor, I think, can translate to the league. I think that the stuff he does off ball, I think the defense that he does, like I think that is like translatable skills and his shot does not look broken. I think that you know he has a I wouldn't say a high likelihood, but he has a likelihood to be able to shoot at the next level. And so I, I like him at that. But I don't know if you guys listened to my last podcast with Nathan and Maxwell, but I said that if they all learn how to shoot, I'm taking Bilal over the Thompson Twins because I feel like they're comparable in terms of like their athleticism, their defense, and even their playmaking flashes. And, you know, if they're both learning how to shoot, you know, I, I – I'm taking everything that Bilal does over what they do. And, you know, that might be a crazy take. We might look back on this in a few years and be like, Dylan, you're stupid. But who gave you a microphone and let, you know, people would listen to what you had to say. But, you know, that just, that's just kind of how I feel about it. But, uh, all right, Yanni, round us out, man, with this segment of hate. Who else? Can you finish my Mount Rushmore for me? I mean, there's a lot of hate that went around there. Um <laughs> Uh, I guess one guy. Well, there was who, love too for Kyle Filipowski, but go ahead. Oh, a whole lot of love. Um, I, I guess my guy would be Jet Howard, just in, in sense that I've seen enough people describe him as a lottery pick for me to say that I don't like him in that range at all. Like, I, I see him more as a late first round guy. It's very telling to me how a team's defense got way better and they started winning way more games the second he got injured. Um, and, and just kind of his like baseline skill set and unwillingness to defend and things like that just kind of make me want to shy away from him you know what i mean it's just like the the vibes just didn't weren't weren't hitting for me i'll just say that you know playing under his dad and his dad couldn't get him to play defense will an nba team be able to do that you know 
Um, I might be looking too deep into it, but I definitely don't like him in the lottery range. So I'll say that if that's enough for Haiti. Yeah, that's absolutely fair. Um, actually, I, I... Uh, one one second. Uh, Skid, you actually hate him so much, you don't even have him in your top 60. <laughs> uh, that That is false. He is at number 27, actually. We, we have a shared <laughs> big board together. <laughs> uh, take there, that for that. Oh, there he is. Uh, sorry, I, I think I was blind. Uh, we got a. We're expecting a retraction, Alex. Uh, we 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 demanded by the <laughs> All time he's of this been podcast. Always doing strays. He's just throwing <laughs> strays this year, the entire time. <laughs> I'm sorry, Skits. I know we're talking I, about I hating, know, but like mean? this whole love between the two. Of us. He said he prefers M and M's. I mean, I do. Like in Germany, we don't. Even <laughs> that... I, I, I think we don't even. Had skittles for the longest time in Germany. Like, come on. Like, I, I'm a guy th that sticks to tradition every now and then, and M&Ms are great. M&Ms <laughs> are German food. That was a, that was yeah. a low blow to at OKC Skittles. <laughs> I, I, still, I still like Skittles, though. Yeah, I didn't I mean, mean to sow like their media. strife, guys. I didn't mean to sow their strife. In the he doesn't box. even like media, either. Like, you just... You just... Oh, man. Please, right, please don't bring up the last, Johnny. All right, we're going to end this segment of hate because there's a lot of hate going around here and we got to get back to a happy place. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I just got to say, Anthony Black was the other guy on my Mount Rushmore of hate. I understand. BPA, if he's there at 12, completely, I get it. Like, I, I'm not going to be happy about it, but, you know, trust the Presti. I'll talk myself into it by the end of the night like I do every pick Presti makes. Um, but just like his skills that he has, like, I think he's going to be – He's going to succeed in this league. I think he's going to be a good player in this league. But for the Thunder, you know, we've used this term over and over again. It's redundant. You know, he does a lot of the same things Josh Giddy does on offense. I think he shoots worse than Giddy, which is honestly impressive. Um, but, you know, he's a better defender at that point. So I, I, I see, like, the highs and lows with it, but I just feel like it's kind of a wasted pick. Like, you know, you're, you're not helping him. He's not helping you at that. Yeah, that, that's kind of my feeling about it. But, um, yeah, my Mount Rushmore, Gigi, Anthony Black, Nick Smith Jr., and Rand Repair. Rand Repair is the George Washington of the Mount Rushmore. I said on uh, Locked on Thunder with Ryland, I was like, at this point, man, I'll just be happy if we don't draft Rand Repair. Like, you know, whatever happens, just let, let's keep him away. But, uh, all right, boys, let's round this up. This is a segment that's a lot more fun when we have three picks, but we don't now, so – uh, with the two picks we have, 12 and 50, if I was to ask you guys for your ideal draft combination, your two-player ideal draft combination, who would it be? And we'll start with Skit on this one. Yanni, God. It feels weird. I'm used to calling you Yanni. They call you Skit. I wanted to try it. It felt wrong, so it's you're Yanni. It's Skit. It's all definitely good, Skit. Good. Yeah. It, it, it depends who's uh, where you know me from, but I'll, I'll take either one. Um, so my combination, it changes each day. And the fact that it's just 12 and 50 officially now, since at the day of this recording, the trade went down, um, I would say at 12, Leonard Miller, right? Just cause like I'm that guy. <laughs> and at pick 50, I think I would go with Omax, Olivier Max and Prosper. And when Sam Presti does his post-draft, um, little meeting with media, O Canada will be playing since we drafted two Canadians. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> Shane, Shane Dor to applaud you for your services. Um, all right, let's go to Matt. Matt, what is your accommodation for 12 and 50? So 
Um, ideally, Bilal. I think that'd be like a really nice pickup. And I think I said his name earlier. I think I said Tristan Jurisic instead of Tristan. Was it Vuks? Vuks. Vuks. All these Serbians and Balkan men. Oh, there is a Nikola. There is a Nikola uh, Jurisic in this draft. So. Oh, that's that's what I mixed them together. <laughs> it is like five a.m. and I'm knackered. Um, but yeah, I'd like I'd like that guy. I'd like take a chance, go swing. Why not swing for fences? Yeah, I feel that. What about you, Alex? You can't say Cal Filipowski. I'm sorry, he's not reclassified to the draft. Yeah, I know. Uh, It's just bad. I just feel sad. Okay, yeah, Um, yeah. I I mean, a fun combination for me uh, would be Kobe Jones at 12. I know for some of you it might be dry, but like, I'm very high on him, and I still believe in his development. It's fine. He's he's still only 21 years old. Like, he's not even the finished product. Like. If, if he continues what he does, and he's also a very underrated rebounder, by the way, just just throwing it out here. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, he, he could be a genuinely nice glue guy to have, and probably six man of the year candidate for years to come. Like, that, that's not a bad pickup at twelve, in my opinion. Yeah. It, it, not everyone can be a starter. And then at pick fifty, um, I, I haven't talked about him at all right now but but it, oh. uh, I've, I've i've looked him up a little bit um as well as Bellas might be kind of interesting maybe like it's a big man who has promised to shoot it um may, maybe not really the type of defender okc wants uh, which would be okay um and so let, let me throw out another name uh jaron holmes i i think he could also be a very interesting pickup probably even better than as well as Bellas. Didn't he return? Yeah, oh, he did, did he return? Oh, yeah. goddamn it. Goddamn it. Uh, I missed that part again. Goddamn it. I only had Adam Bona uh, in my mind. Who did. Yeah, okay. you're I, just I, trying I, to get all I, these I, players. I, that it, it. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, let, let, me, let me look up another name. Let's go with. Um, yeah, maybe Bobby Clintman. Why not? Yeah. Let's go with Bobby Clintman. I I would like it at fifty. I think it would be gone, but yeah, that that would be fun. I was waiting for you to say Zach Eady. I was gonna be like, no, he went back. Yeah, Eady returned. Eady returned though. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I will say that I took part in the half draft latest uh, Twitter community mock draft, and uh, this it, it started before the trade happened, and so I, I had I was cooking. I had Balakula Bali at twelve. I had Colby Jones at thirty seven, which. Isn't happening, but you know that was that's a steal. And then I had Seth Lundy at fifty, and so I don't know if they're going to let me keep Colby Jones, but you know if, I, if we got Bilal and Seth Lundy, I feel pretty good about it. You know, you got you got your wing that you know can kind of do it all, and you got Seth Lundy who is a knockdown shooter, gets after it defensively, and also you know shout out BBN. I put Chris Livingston in for uh, our, my UDFA uh, preference, so. You know, I think that would be a nice little haul. Um, that's not my ideal combination. I'll do that on the podcast before the draft. But, you know, I just wanted to do a little plug for the Twitter community mock draft, the wild times in there. You know, Colby Jones falling 37. It's it's wild. Um, but, yeah, all right. Last question, guys, is how I end every podcast with all of our guests. If I was to ask you guys for a bold prediction for the Thunder in this draft that doesn't have anything to do with Kyle Filipowski. What would it be? 
And I, 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 I mean, I mentioned him, so I invoked his name. So we got to start with Alex. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, uh, with what the Thunder did uh, with the trade, um, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, very, very high on predicting we are going to trade up, um, be it at four uh, with Houston, maybe in some kind of three team where like they get maybe someone like Pascal Siakam and uh, Toronto gets to first and Jabari Smith in return then OKC gets four like something like that might be maybe might be enticing for all three parties um maybe you have to throw in the Houston picks again uh back uh to them uh to actually make this work um but 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 I actually think yeah four might be our best shot at uh, getting uh obviously the guy we want like we can decide between Jarvis Walker and Taylor Hendricks Mm -hmm. from there on maybe even case and wallace if you wanted to um but yeah I, i'd probably go then uh, we trade up to four pick up jaris walker um really really like uh him and i think he would fit pretty well into the flow of the thunder offense like the whole uh drive and kick game uh he, he could fit that pretty pretty well and then also like step up actions uh, like that's also something we did a lot of last year uh he yep. would fit that pretty well. Then again, um, I think I also think uh, we're going to trade that Utah pick uh, for 16 and get Kobe Jones. <laughs> it, like, seriously, he's the perfect Thunder guy. We, we really can't he's let him obsessed, pass up. Guys. He's obsessed. I'm super obsessed. Come on. Kyle is not in this draft. I need him. I need uh, him like air to breathe. <laughs> I love it. Hey, Jairus Walker, Kobe Jones would be a nice outcome in this draft, I will say. Yeah, so. yeah exactly. And, and then basically, I don't think we keep 50 we are also going uh, to trade that away and then go for an unrestricted uh, uh undrafted free agent that, yeah. that's what it's called right and then maybe pick up drew timmy maybe chris livingston something like that i will say i think chris livingston is getting drafted i don't know how he fell out in that uh twitter community draft but the fact that he canceled his remaining like seven workouts tells me he's got a promise from somebody so yeah probably uh, uh, let's go to Matt. Matt, what is your bold prediction for this draft? So I was close to saying we'll have two all-stars next year, but I think that's quite tough because you need to be like a top seed in the West, and I'd probably have as top six, but I'll probably say we'll have two all-star caliber players, and that will either be Josh Giddy or J-Dub. My uh, see, I like your prediction, but it's not what I asked <laughs> Oh, sorry. I said in the draft, my guy. Oh, my God. <laughs> in the draft. Um, it's a good prediction, though. I, I mean, take, I applaud it. We take someone with, more, like, at least three accents in their name. Hmm. Definitely that. All right. Is there anybody in the draft that has three accents? I don't, I don't know. It would be, like, a total thing. Because I think Poku's got, like, two. Um, then we had Vic Krejci. He also had... Some accents to add. Oh, it's yeah. just so fun for spelling. My, uh, okay, Nikola Durisic. He he has accents. In his there you go. It's it's meant to be. You, I mean, you were all over him the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I like it. So uh, we're taking Nikola Durisic as Matt's uh, bold prediction. Yanni, round us out, man. What is your bold prediction for the Thunder in this draft? Yep. Uh, given that all of us are in different countries right now, this prediction is very fitting. OKC will go full international this draft. doesn't have to be just the Canadians, like I said, but 
whoever they pick will be an international player, not an American player. That's that's my quick hot take or yeah. bold prediction, I guess. Yeah. And I guess the second one, just real quick, I guess I'll mention OKC won't trade up, but they'll trade for a, another first round pick. Mm. That would make me sad, but that's fair. Yeah, you got a lot of options if you're talking about like you're just drafting an international player. You got some top notch options too, like a block a little So I'm with it, man. I like it. I like the like the predictions, boys. Well, guys, it was uh, it was a blast having you on here. We talked about a lot. Um, I'm not gonna lie to you. I haven't thought about Kyle Filipowski in like months, but now he's all I'm gonna be thinking about for the next couple hours. But um, yeah, no, it was always always blessed when you guys come on here. Sorry, some of the other guys can't be on here, and you just had to deal with me, but. Uh, always a blast and appreciate y'all coming on. I'm going to give you guys the floor to go ahead and plug any anything you guys might be working on and where folks can find you. Uh, and we'll start with Matt because I saw his hand. Uh, follow me on Twitter. Uh, I, I would just post um, every other week. Uh, but yeah, just follow the OK3 spaces. That's where most of the actual stuff is coming through. That's our kind of outlet where we'll kind of group two other pieces. But yeah, probably has more to plug. All right, go on to him then. Yo. Go ahead, Yanni. Thank you so much. Well, firstly, like, thanks for having us. Hopefully we weren't too chaotic and, you know, we brought enough uh, draft information to the table. Um, so, yeah, you can follow me on at OKC Skittles on Twitter. And uh, please check out BTL Hoops on YouTube. Between the Line Sports is, like, what it's short for. Um, the website is btlscouting.org or you can try btlhoops.org. There's a lot of draft content, a lot of mock drafts, a lot of articles on specific prospects. Um, there's a podcast. The YouTube breakdowns are pretty good. So, yeah, there's just a lot of content out there for the draft. And, yeah, it would be great if you guys checked it out. Absolutely. Check out that site, support Yanni and his endeavors. And I uh, just got to say, man, I mean, this podcast has Champagne Jerry on it. Like, you don't know chaos until you've been on a podcast with Champagne Jerry when he's – a few champagnes deep. So you, th- th- this is tame. Don't don't worry about it. Uh, Alex, what about you, my friend? Yeah, right. Uh, I think uh, you can mostly find me on Twitter at AlexDrProf, which is called D-R-P-R-O-F, uh, if I spelled it correctly. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, currently I had a little bit uh, of a break uh, since I've been very busy uh, with work, with my master's uh, currently. Um but, but yeah, I mean, once the summer league comes around, um, I'll, I'll be at the holidays actually going to watch uh, the NBA draft, oh, uh, nice. which will be like ar- around uh, 2 a.m. in Spain. Uh, w- will be fun to see if uh, I get any Wi-Fi there. Um, <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, then uh, once I get out of the uh, out of the ho- of my holidays, um, I think I'm. I'm obviously going uh, to start back uh, the good old OKC threats. Uh, probably going to miss uh, the Utah Summer League and maybe uh, one or two games of the Las Vegas Summer League. Uh, but then uh, I-, I think I'll get back into it and start um, recapping them if-, if I got the time. And then obviously uh, once the regular season comes again, I'll be back uh, during the uh, regular season threats, maybe even some playoff threats if we make it next year. Like that's obviously the goal. Yeah. Top, top, still, uh, bold, bold prediction: OKC is going to be top three seat, maybe may even even Man. the best seat uh, with the competition. Pressing my take, but yeah, Man. that that's me. 
I love Only it. if we take Colby Jones, though. <laughs> and Jairus Walker. Only then. <laughs> Kyle Filipowski, baby. Don't forget uh, it. Kyle Filipowski in 24. Kyle no. Filipowski 2024. Not saying Presley rewrites the rule books. I saw the script, man. He, he gets Kyle Filipowski this year. But no, man. Uh, absolutely. Uh, if you guys aren't following these guys, absolutely follow them. They all bring. Uh, something different to the timeline. And I love, uh, you know, I, I'm glad you mentioned your threads, Alex, because, you know, for guys that, you know, maybe you didn't get to watch the game, you just was able to pay attention on your phone or something like that, you was doing something. It's really helpful to go back and just kind of go through your highlight threads and, like, you know, see how the game went down and, you know, see all the cool things that our guys did. So shout out to you for that. And, uh, yeah, I mean it, guys. Like, bring back OK3. I'm excited to, you know, get back in there when I'm off work. And I'm like, hey, I got some Thunder content to listen to. Maybe I can, you know, call in and annoy them real quick. So uh, I look forward to the days that, uh, you know, I got to see that on my timeline again. But with that being said, on behalf of myself, Yanni, Matt, and Alex, hope everybody has a great night. God bless. Hoop when you can. And as always, Thunder up. Thunder up. Thunder up. Let me say it's in German. Donnerhoch. Very nice. And, and Matt, before I end recording, I need more energy out of you on that thunder up, sir. Thunder up! Donnerhoch! Thunder up! Thank you for listening to the Topic Thunder podcast. Our podcast is available to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review, and follow us on Twitter at OKC Topic Thunder. Thunder up! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.